Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, on Tuesdays for Tomorrow, here on my new series called The Trench, which is my 25-chapter series, podcast series here on my podcast about the First World War. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be looking at The Trench, The Beginning, Allies, the Allied forces who participated in the conflict known as World War One, from 1914 to 1918. So join me tonight as we look at the Allied forces here on Tuesdays for Tomorrow. As you all may recall from the previous, on the first episode of this new World War One themed series, we looked at the European continent back before the outbreak of the First World War in 1914. It's nice episode, ladies and gentlemen, if you just tune in to, tune in to my podcast tonight, is that we were looking at the Allied forces from an individual point of view. We'll be discussing about the his- part of the history, its government, and its military forces back then when the First World War came out. Many are wondering when the United States is going to be in the series. Tell the truth, ladies and gentlemen, that doesn't come till later on in the series. But for now, we'll be looking at the main European allies that fought the Central Powers from 1914 to 1918. So join me tonight, ladies and gentlemen, here on The Trench as we look at the Allies. Up first in our new episode, which is the second episode to this series, when the First World War broke out in 1914, it began with excuse by one of the central powers is a allied countries named Austria-Hungary. Going first on on our list here in tonight's episode is the country of Serbia, now known nowadays as the Federal Republic of Yugoslavia, with its capital Belgrade as it was. But back then, in 1914, it was known as Serbia. This little tiny nation which had a modest army, it was supposedly a republic or either a monarchy, was the first nation to be impacted by the outbreak of war. When the war broke out in, in autumn of 1914, soon after the apparent assassination of Franz Ferdinand and his wife in Sarajevo, which is now located nowadays in Bosnia and Herzegovina. The Serbian army at that time was, should we say, modest but ill-equipped to handle such a massive military invasion from Austria-Hungary, its northern neighbor. But what didn't know to the Austro-Hungarians at the time that Serbia was also protected by another Triple Entente member at that time, Tsarist Russia with its capital, 
at St. Petersburg. Now it's Moscow of the Russian Federation. Serbia's military force back in 1914 when the war broke out had consisted of an army of its more than 100 men and supposedly an air arm possibly made up of should we say by an educated point of view such imported aircraft such as either Newports or Moli and Saudier type air- aircrafts that were popular back then in those days as well as a few blimps for aerial reconnaissance and observations. The Serbian army back then was headed by generals if you all know. Throughout the war they have fought bravely and dearly for their country. The Serbian flag at the time was actually an upside-down Russian flag with the red on top, blue in the middle, and white on the bottom. But it was it was actually the, this little country that would set off the motions of the major events that would ultimately would became the First World War. It wasn't, and it was by this little Thai nation the Balkan, in the Balkans that truly stopped a military invasion of a much greater kind that of Austria-Hungary and so ends our profile of this here in this episode the country of Serbia Up next on our list, since we're individually profiling the Allies that participated mostly in the First World War. Having been a federal republic, or should I say a republic, ever since the 1790s in the 18th century, the country of France was back then in 1914 was the only country that was a republic ruled by a president named Raymond Poquet Poliad and his prime minister situated in, in western Europe with its capital at Paris at one time the country of France was once an absolute monarchy under the Bourbon dynasty of French rulers until revolution swept the country starting in 1789 onwards to the rise of Napoleon Bonaparte a popular French army general back then when the war broke out in 1914 France had one of the best equipped or supposedly one of the best equipped military forces on the European continent back in those days as it does now the French military back when the war broke out when the first world war broke out consisted of the French army with with its more than a thousand man soldiers with such colorful generals such as Joseph Jean Genre Robert Novet Henri Philippe Pitain and Fernand Foch 
all led the French forces into battle on the Western Front against those of Imperial Germany. However, it was one, one of the main causes of why France fought the war in 1914 to 1918 actually stems from two provinces that they lost ever since they fought Germany over those two provinces called Assance and Lorraine. Before France took up arms to fight in the First World War, France has known war ever since it had existed. But it was until during the 1800s in in the Franco-Prussian War that the country of France lost its two easterly provinces to Germany, as, we, as aforementioned, Alsace and Lorraine. The French military, ladies and gentlemen, back then when the First World War broke out, as I've pointed out earlier today in this episode, there was the French army with its artillery, batteries, personnel, and later on its primitive but impressive metal-looking armored tank corps. The French Air Force back then was known as the Aeronautique Militaire, or in short, the Aviation Militaire, with its homemade Morien Salier, Nupont, and Spad biplanes that were before they became fighter planes of that era. They were used for aerial reconnaissance, light bombing, and especially scouting planes. The French Navy at the time was was firmly established around first known submarines and dreadnought type battleships that sailed at seas around the country and elsewhere. And so, ladies and gentlemen, so ends the profile of the country of France in 1914. The country of Portugal was the only Latin-speaking country to be part of the Allies during the First World War. With its capital situated at Lisbon, the country of Portugal was, should we say, also like the country of Serbia, but a bit different. Its flag was that of red and green with the national symbol of Portugal. When the Great War broke out in 1914, Portugal had its disposal to since it also fought with the Allies during that conflict was an army was a sizable army of troops and a modest air arm or air corps possibly made up of some imported biplanes from France as well as a very sizable navy it has been known throughout those times that yes Portugal did see some of the fighting during the war mostly on the western front against German troops or whoever they fought against 
either the Germans or the Austro-Hungarians. By, by 1918, most of Portugal's armies were already serving alongside that of the British Expeditionary Force, led at that time first by Sir John French, later by General Douglas Haig of the British Army. And yet, we should also be, they should also be thankful back then that Portugal did contribute much to the much allied victory on November 11th of 1918. Spanning across two continents, up in Northern Europe, with its capital at St. Petersburg, firmly established during the 1700s of the 18th century, until its complete demise during the Rus Russian Revolution of 1917. Up next on our list, here in this episode that we're pro profiling the Allies, is ours Russia also known as Imperial Russia, also known as the Russian Empire. Today, the country of Russia is now known as the Russian Federation with its capital at or situated in Moscow. When the war broke out in 1914, Moscow was one of the firm, firmest two Russian capital cities in the country of the Russian Empire. Its main one was known as St. Petersburg, later changed throughout the war to Petrograd, meaning Peter City in Russia. Russia has known wars ever since it ex its beginning, beginning of its own existence. Russia, or the Russian Empire, did not come into being until during the 1720s, during the reign of Peter the Great of the Romanov dynasty. The Romanovs themselves have not come to power in Russia since 1613, with one Mikhail Romanov being crowned as Tsar, Tsar of all the Russias. At the, beginning of, at the beginning of the conflict in 1914, Russia had the most largest and most, should we say, disposed military force on the face of the planet back then in the early 20th century. Its huge, massive Russian Imperial Army was made of soldiers, Cossacks, and many others. The only problem was that they were inadequately equipped and they were very poorly led. The Russian Air Service, which was the Russian Air Arm or Air Corps of the Russian military back then, consisted of many import, imported um, biplanes and airships, mainly from France and others. The Russian Navy was built on two fleets, with its main one, the Baltic Fleet, having nothing but Jednot warships 
at its disposal. Some of the noble commanders of the Imperial Russian Army that have fought and lost during the conflict, such as Tannenberg and the Brasilov Offensive, including the Kerensky Offensive, was General Samsonov, General Renenkampf, Yuri Danilov, many others. It was all these very contributing factors, ladies and gentlemen, that it was during the war that due to food shortages and high military losses due due to losing many battles to both Austria-Hungary and Imperial Germany on the Eastern Front during the conflict that the Russian Revolution happened soon after in March of 1917 that won Tsar Nicholas II of the Romanov dynasty and supposedly the last ruler of all the Russias partly abdicated the throne before he was killed along with his family at yet Katerinburg in Siberia in July of 1918. Tsar Nicholas II did not want to be Tsar in the first place. Having ascended to the Russian throne in 1894, he was the youngest son of a previous Tsar named Tsar Alexander III. His family, the Romanov family, were actually a mixture of Russian and German blood. Other known Romanov rulers that actually ruled over Russia over the years. Back then, until now, here in the 21st century, have included Peter the Great, Catherine the Great, Nicholas I, Alexander II, Alexander III, and one Nicholas II. He was, off, he was often a very reluctant Russian monarch, married with a wife, four daughters, and a son, who suffered hemophilia. But none would ever compare to his quiet family life to the absolute outbreak of total war that began in autumn of 1918. Or should I say, 1914. Ruling an empire spanning nearly most, mostly 20% of the world's surface back then in 1914 onwards till its, till its bankruptcy later on and many years later. The United Kingdom by far was, should we say, one of the best equipped forces of the Allied nations during the First World War. Having ruled an entire empire since it greatly expanded during the Victorian age under the rule of Queen Victoria, the United Kingdom back then in 1914 when the war broke out consisted of two countries. Great Britain and Ireland later broke off and became the Irish Free State soon after the war ended due to a bloody revolution that engulfed the capital city of 
Dublin back in 1916. When the war began for Britain in the autumn of 1914, it had a, had a it truly had at disposal the British Army, which included many volunteers, since it was an all-volunteer army, of Englishmen, Scotsmen who wore their kilts, Welshmen who possibly wore either both kilts or trousers, and many Irishmen who also joined the British Army that served on the Western Front during the war. It also had a modest air arm called the Royal Flying Corps that was made up of, should we say, at first, imported French biplanes, such as the Newports and the Spads, until the first appearances of their home, own home produced aircraft, such as the Sopwith Camel, that later became a pioneering aircraft, being able to land on wooden planks that were installed aboard Britain's battleships, that later became one of the primitive movements of pioneering aircraft carriers in a naval force. The British Navy, or the Royal Navy back then in 1914, consisted of battleships, cruisers, destroyers, and possibly a few submarines of a primitive nature. It was also during those times that Many people back then in the English cities throughout the conflict were also hit hard from German Zeppelins that bombed that first, first time in the history of the world back then in the early 20th century conducted heavy air raids over British cities such as London, Coventry, and elsewhere during the conflict. Britain could also call up that at its disposal, many of its colonial military forces. Military forces such as coming from Canada, Australia, and New Zealand brought together during the Gallipoli campaign that broke out in, or was fought in 1915, known as the Anzacs, that joined the armed forces of Britain and France in trying to knock Turkey, known back then as the Ottoman Empire out of the war, but on very unsuccessfully. Britain also could call up many of its other colonies, such as those located both in Asia, such as in British India or British Raj back then, besides Australia and New Zealand, Hong Kong, many of its colonies located on the African continent, such as those that were colonized by Britain, like Ghana, Nigeria, especially South Africa, that also saw action with the British Defense Force during the First World War. Long before the United Kingdom back then had fought the First World War, it had fought a previous war. It was down in South Africa that took place from 1899 to 1901, the year that Queen Victoria died. It was called the Boer War, in which British Army forces, led by Generals Lord Horatio Kitchener and Sir Charles Warren of the Jack the Ripper Murs fame, and Charles Gordon, all took on 
the Dutch Boer farmers and Dutch settlers that were trying to, should we say, overwhelm their claim on the country of South Africa. But since then, ladies and gentlemen, since it had no, had no wars ever since its existence, the British Empire was a very major participant and important factor during the First World War that saw heavy action during the conflict, especially at the battles of the Somme, Verdun, the Marne, and elsewhere. Having been forced to fight ever since it was ruthlessly invaded early on in the war was the country of Belgium. They would have stayed out of the war be- declared themselves neutral, but instead, in the year of 1914, when the conflict broke out, Belgium chose to fight alongside their French neighbors on the Western Front against Germany. Belgium had at its disposal a modest army like those of Portugal, Italy, Greece, and Serbia. But ever since it chose to fight when the war broke out, it often became a huge victim, a huge victim for Imperial Germany's whims, having their modest pillbox-like defenses being pulverized and smashed by German artillery cannons, one called Big Bertha, which was the world's heaviest and largest cannon at that time. But Belgium, with its might, its monarchy, and its very modest military force consisting of both an army and air corps that had French biplanes in it, as with any other Allied forces back in the day, a small naval, naval force, was able to resist thanks to the Allied interventions of Britain and France. And it was by their steadfast courage that they later became a more important contribute to the Allied victory in 1918. Our Allied participants during the First World War that were part of the Allies, or the Triple Entente, or however you want to call them, ladies and gentlemen, were the the countries of Italy and Greece, each with separate armies, separate military tactics, and each that had separate monarchies. The Italians were ruled by a monarchy ever since it was first formed during the early 1860s, by reunification, thanks to people like Garibaldi and another known Italian politician back then during the 19th century. Italy had mainly focused their attacks during the war on those of Austria-Hungary, such as those that were located in the Swiss Alps and the Alpine areas of, of the country. Greece, on the other hand, took on the country of of both 
Bulgaria and the Ottoman Empire during the war. It too had a modest military force while it was also ruled by a monarchy from its capital city of Athens. It was the, the absolute courage in battle and steadfast inspiration that these countries also played an important part to the Allied victory in Europe in 1918. Even after the United States had entered the war in 1917. And so, ladies and gentlemen, tonight's look does so end tonight's look at the Allied forces of the First World War individually. Yes, this, the First World War as a whole, from many perspectives, was a mainly European centralized conflict until 1917 when Tsarist Russia left the conflict and its role was taken over by the United States that entered into the war due to unrestricted German warfare on its convoy ships and partially because of the 1915 seeking, sinking of the luxurious, luxury ship known as the RMS Titanic by a German submarine that had over 100 Americans on board that ship when it went down. Either way, all these countries combined were, should we say, very important factors that greatly defeated the countries of Germany, Austria-Hungary, the Ottoman Empire, especially Bulgaria that divided the continent when the war broke out. Good night, everyone. May God bless all of us, our children, and our planet. And remember, everyone, want you to think, not panic.